welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bruce, and I'm joined by my guy, Nolan. What's up, bud? Oh, hello. I'm your other host, and we are ready to dive into a busy, busy week. Hope you've recovered from West Palm Beach. How you feeling? Good. I'm great. I'm ready to roll. Um, having a little bit of uh, Dave withdrawals, as often happens post West Palm, but that's okay. Um, we have still a ton of Dave stuff to get into and to fill our souls with here. And before we dive into all of the shows from last week, make sure you go check out our bonus episode from um, the tailgates of West Palm. They have uh, some commentary from the DMB Gorge crew, uh, some of the members in there, um, a couple of the people at our tailgate, a couple of friends, and um, maybe even a special guest appearance by Nolan himself. Ooh, maybe maybe just a small one. <laughs> and it seems like Nolan is titillated, so hopefully you are as well. Make sure you go and check that out. That should be in uh, your podcast feeds already as you're listening to this one. Um, but anyways, Nolan, take us into Alpharetta, the uh, Ameris Bank Amphitheater show from uh, July 23rd. Yeah, just a few quick things to note here about this show. It was a YIM opener, the first one in just about over five years. The last one was in Australia, and uh, we actually saw one, a YIM opener in Bristow in 2009, uh, the venue of Roy's last show. So special shout-out for the Grugrux King. Very cool way to start the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of energy, tons of stuff there. I mean, that is, that's a blast. Um, and pretty, pretty unique. I mean, you know, obviously hasn't been but for a while, you know, like you said, five years since they last did that. So that's pretty cool. You know, more variety, the better. Yeah, and then uh, we're going to skip ahead to the middle of the set. That's fine. We're going to touch on the highlights. An incredible run of uh, Last Stop, Seek Up, Joyride, Idea View, Pig. Oh, my goodness. The people uh, just outside of Atlanta really got a great show. Oh, yeah. And like you said, an absurd run right there. I also want to give a, uh, a special thanks to Nancy, uh, one of my wife's best friends who was at the show and sent us a video of Joyride that we were able to use on our social media. So we appreciate uh, the love for the Great Street Pod, Nancy. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, thank you, Nancy. And we're jealous of this show that you got to see and especially jealous that she got to see Pig, Nolan. Yeah, that's not fair. Not happy about that, Nancy. No, no, we're not. But we did get to listen to some of it, and I really liked it. It was a good version. Um, the intro is great. Buddy is doing some good stuff. Fonz, you can hear him noodling throughout the song. It's a pretty good version of Pig. So if y'all want to go back and listen to that, that's something that I would point out um, that sounded good to me. Um, and anytime that you can bookend a run of with The Last Stop and Pig, ooh, ooh. Oh, BTCS. Mm. We're going to skip the two Come Tomorrow songs that follow that. And uh, Lover Lay Down into Water into Wine. They are enjoying playing Lover Lay Down right now after uh, not really messing with it a whole lot the first half of the tour. So that, that's nice to see. We always like a little lover in our lives. Yes, we do. It is a beautiful song and always great to have a little water into wine. Um and, you know, solid rest of the set, a nice little write a song in the E1 spot there. That's cool to see. 
Um, pretty solid show there in Atlanta. And we actually have a couple of listener reviews. And one of them is actually an audio message. And it is from our buddy, Jason Palmer. And we're going to play that for you right now. So Jason, take it away. Bruce, Nolan. Hey guys, checking in with you after the Alpharetta show this past week. Uh, great show, actually. Kind of an interesting set list in that there was nothing from the Crash album. Uh, really great rendition of Seek Up. Pig was obviously really good. Interesting uh, E1 slot there for Write a Song. But um, good good vibe from the band. Uh, good venue. I feel like uh, they always kind of bring an interesting set and do something kind of unique in Atlanta. They seem to like playing there. Uh, I'm glad it was in Alpharetta. It's my first time. To that venue, uh, like it much better than uh, heading south through the city, um, where they usually play. Uh, anyway, uh, great, great set. Uh, just wanted to check in with you guys. I will uh, be taking a break for a bit, um, watching uh, watching the set list from the couch for the next month or so. Uh, but looking forward to Lake Tahoe in September. So uh, thanks a lot for the uh, pod, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for that review, Jason. Our first audio review on the show. And one more review from Alpharetta from a Walter Ecke. Bruce? Yeah, thanks for sending this in, Walter. And he goes on and says, it was my 44th show and my son Parker's sixth show. During dinner before the show, I asked him what song he thought they would open with tonight. And he quickly answered with why I am. I chuckled and told him that that would be cool, but they rarely do that. And he was ecstatic when the band broke into the short, energetic ode to Leroy. The unique and fun opener set the stage for what would be a great night of modern DMV. I very much enjoy Buddy Strong's contributions. He is such a welcome presence in the band these past two tours. It's obvious that Dave and the band really enjoy his work, and he is becoming a fan favorite with his piano work and stunning vocals. And during the show was one of the best five songs runs I've ever seen. Last stop, even in a truncated form, packs a serious punch. The fans erupted as it began. One guy behind me absolutely lost his mind. He had been chasing it for over a decade and was beside himself throughout the short performance. Following Last Stop was Seek Up. My son didn't care too much for this one, but it's not a song for a six-year-old. The band slays this song. It is peak DMB 4.0. And we get Joyride, Idea of You and Pig, and I couldn't believe what was happening. Five consecutive great songs that are old and fairly rare. It was like Alpharetta on a Tuesday had become a SPAC-like destination venue. But all good things come to an end, and that was the case after Pig, but only lasted for a few minutes before the show returned to its epic form, and a solid encore wrapped up a great show. Overall, it was one of the best times I've had at a concert in a while. It totally made up for the lackluster set in Nashville earlier in the tour. My tour is done for 2019, but this show has me ready and impatiently waiting for 2020. Good stuff from Walter. Let's jump right into Tampa, hometown of my good friend Adam my college roommate, my Oaks brother. We got to go to a show together sometime down in Tampa. Let's do it. Because we might get something cool like the first ever Idea of You opener. Ooh, love that. That is so cool. I think we were um, chatting about something. We were on the phone and um, I was just pulling up the periscope to see what um, what they were doing. I was like, oh, it's the red guitar. And we were like, yep, oh, it's squirm. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you later. And then I like called you back and I was like, oh, it was idea of you. Kind of cool. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Good for the folks of Tampa and good for Dave for changing it up. We love that. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that's just, we talk about it all the time and it's, it's awesome. Um, and then we, you know, kind of move on down. Come Tomorrow shows up again, fifth time in a row. Oh boy. But, um, 
then we get uh, some nice songs here mid-set with Say Goodbye shows up here, which is always welcome. I was, you know, really hoping to see that in West Palm, but it showed up in Tampa. Hmm, okay. Um, then the first ever Samurai Cop for Tampa, which is kind of cool. Uh, another Joyride. And then we've got a nice little Dancing Nancy's, which is only the second time they've ever played that in Tampa. That's a wild stat. Yeah, it is. I mean, what? I think it's second time for Say Goodbye as well. Second time for Nancy's and Say Goodbye. I mean, that's just... Oh, man, that is ridiculous. Um, and it's it's always... They kill that song these days. Uh, Rashawn does a great job on the muted trumpet. Um, I wasn't as big a fan of the Tim solo here, but he's been doing a great job on Nancy's this year. Um, and it's always good to see that. It's always good to see Recently and Grace is Gone in, as well. And those were late in the set, which that is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. And then DMB trying something new with Two Step into Cornbread for the encore and i like that uh some people i think are tired of cornbread just in general but this was cool and the segue was even cooler because you can't really tell what they're going to go into and then it's kind of a a long build-up and then boom cornbread uh i like it from the band they're trying new things and can't complain about that no, uh, I agree. You know, even if it's not your favorite closer or whatever, at least it's something different and something fun. Um, and we might as well just play this transition for you, the end of two step into this cornbread. And, you know, before we go into West Palm, let's leave you with, with a little music here from Tampa. brings us to the West Palm Beach weekend with West Palm Night One. By the way, make sure to listen to our bonus episode of Tailgate Talk. Night One begins with a little discussion with some of the people over at the DMB Gorge Crew Tailgate, and it also has a little discussion with someone who's joining me right now and who joined me down in West Palm for yet another stellar weekend, Mr. Brendan Kane. What's up, dude? Hi guys, uh, Brendan Kane here. Uh, Dave, thanks for listening. <laughs> He's making his uh, virgin appearance here on the podcast, and we are elated to have him here. Nolan, we wish you were here. Um, you're on the other end of the world. Well, not really, but you're on the other end of our little call here, and um, we wish you could be sharing our mic too. Oh, me too. I wish I was there at West Palm with you guys this weekend, but... Uh... Shout out to the Greek freak for uh, for having his wedding and getting married. Could not be happier for you. It was a it was a blast. <sighs> you balance stuff out with something that's almost just as much fun, but definitely not as much fun. No, I'm just kidding, Tyler. Uh, congratulations to you and your lovely wife. And well, let's just move on into West Palm Night One. And um, Nolan or Brendan, 
what would you think would be a good opener for a West Palm weekend? Brendan, why don't you take this one? Wow. Opener? Hello, by the way. Nolan, miss you. Wish you were here. Oh, so badly. Always, always in my heart. So, you know, that's something. I was kind of hoping for a boa opener. I know you've been calling for it, Nolan. So that would have been great. But I think, uh, what would you say was so pretty solid in oh, my yeah. book. Oh yeah. It was a, uh, the third time, what would you say has opened this tour? And it was, it was a lot of fun. It's a good way to start a show. Um, kind of unexpected really. Um, I didn't even, none of us that had, uh, chosen openers before the show, uh, mentioned it and even thought of it that I could remember. Nolan, have you ever had, what would you say as an opener at a show you've been to? I know you've had some unique openers. I have not, but I remember when we were in Pensacola, I kept thinking that's what it was going to be based off of some of the European spring sets, but <laughs> yeah, I was right. I was very wrong. But yeah, man, that's a cool way to start the show. I'm, I'm happy for you guys. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we were pretty happy too. That. And the second song of the night was Seven, and it was the second version of Seven for the Summer. Um, kind of unexpected, hadn't been played for a long time, and um, pretty good version, sounded good, and it was... Um, a direct segue into a line or graves, which was awesome. Epic version. Uh, they haven't played that very much this tour either. I think that was only the second one of the tour as well. And one that I called for pre-show, um, had some good, uh, Tim and buddy stuff in there. And Brendan, what do you think? Should we play a little bit of that one? Honestly, I would be smitten by that. <laughs> Well, let's do that. Let's give a little bit of uh, Tim Reynolds from Lionheart Graves in the three hole here at West Palm Night One. awesome that jammed out version of Lionar graves was dope yeah i mean tim was tim was slaying and some good buddy stuff in there too i think you can find and um another good one came with lover lay down and i mean really any of these versions of lover lay down this summer jeff has just lit up um so you know check that one out re-listen to it if you must because if you don't you're gonna miss some good stuff um and Brendan, I'm pretty sure that uh, both of our lovely ladies walked away um, near the end of Lover Lay Down, which means that they missed one of the better songs of the night. Oh, by far. Not that they would have realized it, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) And um, actually, Danielle called for this song. It was the last stop, Nolan. We got last stop. Um, And some people are calling it half stop now. Um, so maybe you aren't as pissed as you should be, but I still think you should be slightly disappointed. I mean, I would love to always hear the last stop, but 
the FOMO was not as real since it was the truncated version. Not going to lie. Mm. Mm. But it was still good. Don't you think, Brendan? By, by all means, it was still good. But I feel like Bruce and I kept looking at each other the whole time being like, well, I, I think we know what's happening. Like We know it's there's not going to be a, you know, the second half of the song. So I was, I was really just trying to enjoy the moment knowing, you know, that we were not going to be completely satisfied. Yeah, that's true. It's a familiar um, feeling. <laughs> I bet it is. Wow. That just went over my head there for a second. That's great. That's good stuff. That's the kind of quality uh, commentary you get here on the Corner of Gray Street podcast. <laughs> and um, another um, form of quality was the next song, which was Come Tomorrow. <laughs> we know why it's played in West Palm Beach and it rears its head up again. Um, moving on. Uh Later on in the show, we got an awesome version of So Right. And I think Brendan and I high-fived a couple times there at the uh, Jeff outro because, I mean, wow. That song was literally stuck in my head the entire day, Sunday, and most of Monday. Ooh. I, I, I literally had to listen to it at least four or five times. And so, <laughs> and so Right is not a song that, you know, I think of, oh, yes, I can't wait to see this live. But they kind of crushed it. Oh, yeah. Oh, do they ever not crush it is the question. You're right. Mm-hmm. The answer is no. They don't ever not crush it. That's the great. answer is that I'm so right. Gosh, wow. that was an easy one, guys. Dang wow. It. Missed opportunity. Yeah, that was a layup there. Good job, Nolan. Overthinking it. And um, speaking of things that they also crush is Warehouse. Oh, oh my God. Wow. We have a special affinity for Warehouse. This was another great version, and BK, I believe that you said this was your highlight of the night. It definitely was. It, I mean, Warehouse is always, always I my favorite. My favorite DMB songs are the ones where it just it builds and builds and then explodes. Um, Warehouse two step. Warehouse is just it holds a place in my heart, and I just love seeing it live, even though it's not one that I always I always think of. It's a great point. I mean, and they nail it every single time. Um, Nolan, help me out here. The song after Warehouse is what? Can't stop. Won't stop. Mm. Dave won't stop. No, playing it. he won't. And Brendan won't stop loving it. And kept looking at me, pointing at me, singing Free the Beast inside of me. And I was <laughs> very scared and I had to leave. That's the best part of the song. Yeah, by far. Bruce, <laughs> not not the lyrics, just Bruce's reaction to the lyrics. Yes, that's my yes, part of course. Of the song. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's that's a good point. My reaction is basically a stare, like, what is actually happening here? It is such an aggressive lyric, and the way it's sung and the way they play it, it just like, I don't know. If you weren't awake, you were awake at that point because it's just a wall of sound and you don't know what's happening yeah i think bruce went to get fries during that part oh i did and i actually um i snuck in a quick hot dog as well and spilled ketchup all over my corner of gray street shirt so um later on we had to drop that off at the front desk and get it cleaned because i needed it for night two as well that's unfortunate but you did have plenty of time uh because you weren't missing anything with the next song either oh yeah that's Good point. And that was where are you going? And where I was going was to get some food. And 
Um, you know, we rounded out the set with a nice little song that Jane likes and Bayou Closer, which isn't that bad. Um, Bayou's fun. Buddy was killing it. They, they had a lot of energy there, Brendan. Oh, my God. I think Bayou's a good closer. I like Bayou's a closer. Putting it in different parts of the set can almost just add a different level to the song. And yeah, whenever Buddy's jumping out of his seat and, and smiling the way he does, it really just, yeah, gets the people going. Yeah, it does. Um, and... I'm sure on paper, Nolan was probably like, buy you closer. I mean, not nice. And while, you know, we were kind of dancing, not quite as aggressive as Nolan and I used to dance to buy you, but we we're still dancing. Good. I'm glad you could still enjoy it after seeing it all these times. Oh, man, there's no telling how many times I've seen it. I'm sure there's an app or a website for that, but I don't have time for that right now. Um, but what we do we have time for on. is Ooh. a breaking news alert. Oh, just received word that the next two DMB live tracks have been announced. Volume 48 is the 82594 show at the Birchmere in Alexandria, Virginia. And volume mm. 49 is C-Mac, Canandaigua, from this summer, June 18th, 2019. No kidding. Nice. I kid you not. This is the kind of content you get by listening to this podcast. We are on top of it 24-7. Wow, we may need to uh, break in and talk about these a little bit later on in the episode um, as we get some more information. But okay, Nolan, thank you for that breaking news. Nice job. Um, That was was great reporting. But anyways, let's move on to the encore really quick for night one and wrap this up. Uh, it was a nice, nice, solid encore. Virginia in the Rain, Dave Solo again. Great way to have a Dave Solo song. It's a great version. Um, just a great song to have. You know, Nolan and I have talked about this before, uh, that we wanted some different E1 Dave Solo songs. And this one was nice. I mean, I think, Brendan, we were talking about telling the girls how this song was about Dave's kids. And so they started to be a little bit more... Uh, tuning in a little bit more to the song and paying attention. Yeah, I think uh I think the the GF Claire was was all over that. She uh she reads into those kind of things. She was like, I bet this is about his daughter. I'm like, well I don't think his daughter's named Virginia, but I guess you're right. <laughs> and then Bruce was like, Oh yeah, it's about his daughter and I was like, Well, I I mean, good guess Claire. That's great. Yeah, it's it's basically kind of just about his kids in general so they were they were pleased with that and um we were all pleased with the another solid version of watchtower um but you know we left right as the last note was hit and we got out of there quickly so um thank you dave for letting us know basically we already knew the show was going to be over so we were able to get out of there and on to eating some pizza brandon pretty solid night one don't you think pretty solid night one nothing outstanding i mean you know honestly i feel like it was better than night one last year yeah so i i feel like we were setting up for a good night too uh for sure and yeah not not to segue in but i mean well, i mean by all means please do segue in um yeah let's just move Go ahead. on to west palm night two and the song that opened up night two was something that brendan nolan and i all saw open up our summer um in pensacola guys um actually brendan what was that one sweet world and how'd you feel i mean i feel like you always get a little happy when you hear one sweet world just a happy little song you know it's honestly i was like okay here we go okay we're getting we're we're, we're getting into this we're just yep. gonna ease our way into the night yeah 
yeah, that's a good point. It is kind of an um, easing into the show. Um, Nolan, you've seen several One Sweet Worlds, and I believe you said something prior to the Pensacola show, um, slightly bashing One Sweet World, didn't you, bud? I did. Uh, <laughs> a little different circumstances to start out a tour. You'd think the band maybe would have come out with a bang, but yeah, I have seen some uh, some chatter on the boards that you know people don't really like One Sweet World as much anymore as they used to because of the um, the horn section being a little overpowering. It's not my opinion, but just something I, I've heard a lot. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree there. They're more uh, staccato notes, more aggressive notes at the beginning and the intro, um, not like kind of like the more flowy uh, Roy note versions. And I wish they'd bring back the damn intro to it, um, the instrumental, and maybe have, because I think they've done it before with Rashawn and Jeff, um, and that would be nice. But alas, you know, One Sweet's still a solid song. And I mean, they hadn't played it in quite a while. Um, so they've only played it a few times this tour. I think it's opened four-ish times on the tour so um it is a great song it is and a happy song it is and especially um especially the end i always like kind of the end dave little scat ish stuff and it, it was nice and it kicked right into a nice second song two-step brendan oh my god yeah exactly this, when when they started going into two step, I was like, "Oh man, we're 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 in for a roller coaster, boys and girls. <laughs> this is buckle up." Exactly, and you could—I mean—the crowd just began to rise. I mean, they just—they kicked it into high gear immediately. They were, you know, a lot of people were just as if they had opened the show with two step. They're like, "Holy!" Sh-. You know, they were they were ready, and it was a good version. Um, you know, still we wish that they would extend it a little longer, but that's okay. Um, you know, save Carter. And they did a nice little transition here um, into anyone seeing the bridge. And I thought it was pretty butter smooth. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm just going to say, we were sitting there during One Sweet World. It was probably 120 degrees at our seats. <laughs> uh, it was packed. And I was seriously like, okay, if I'm going to have to sit here and sweat this much for a One Sweet World opener kind of set, uh, I'm going to be pissed. And then when they started playing two-step, I was like, okay, okay, I I, I think this is going to work. And then anyone seen the bridge and did too much, I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm ready to sweat. This is fine. Worth it. Yeah, I thought just listening to the tape that the end of two-step uh, sounded pretty unique and liked what I was hearing from the band and Dave especially and the way he was singing. And um, then the, the segue into anyone seen the bridge uh, – very cool. I don't I actually don't know the stat. How many? Maybe the first time. How many times has Two Step gone into anyone seen the bridge? As far as I know, never. And um, which is awesome. I mean, I obviously we were kind of um, sitting there, kind of waiting to see what they'd go into, and that was one of the last things that I thought they were gonna do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you don't think that um, they're gonna just bust right into that. They've been doing a pretty good job of is keeping people on their toes, um, more so at the beginning of shows lately. Um, but that's that's what you want out of the band, something unique like that. Absolutely. Um, and we're lucky to have it. And now you're going to be lucky enough to hear this transition from Two Step into Anyone Seen the Bridge. So uh, enjoy. Enjoy. 
man. I do wish I was there to hear the two-step into bridge. Love that. And uh, skip ahead a few songs to Crush. They have been playing this one very well, this tour. And Stefan has been doing some nice things on uh, the intros. I believe we played one for you last week. Um, but yeah, Bruce, you, you really liked this intro, didn't you? Yeah, both Brennan and I um, were both kind of stricken by it, that it seemed pretty unique. Um, Stefan was, he played a little loop and uh, recorded a loop, played that, and then soloed over that uh, loop, which um, was awesome. It, was, it wasn't all that long, and but was pretty unique. Uh, Brennan, I think that you even mentioned to me, you were like, oh man, I don't think I've ever seen Fonz do that before. No, absolutely not. And I mean, they, like just the way they had the lighting and like spotlight on him, I'm pretty, I, I swear he might've been kneeling. I may be making that up, but I'm pretty sure he was on his knees. He was. He, um, he was down there messing with his board, um, some of his... Um, some of his pedals and stuff. So he was making sure that he was having all of his levels right and recording the right stuff and all. So yeah, you were right. Fonz was on his knees on this Crush intro. And if you're on your knees begging to hear this Crush intro, we're going to give it to you right now. And as we move along, we have a couple songs that haven't really been overplayed this tour, but you know, you don't really get crazy excited to see them. Um, I think some people really do, at least for Satellite. But again and again, and Satellite here, the crowd gets pretty loud for Satellite, at least. I mean, I feel like there's there's two there's two people in every Dave Matthews crowd: those that go to the bathroom during Satellite, and those that go crazy during Satellite. <laughs> um, I'd like to say I'm in the middle of that. So you were in limbo. Claire is definitely in the I love satellite okay. part of it, but uh, but yeah, I mean I enjoy satellite. Nothing wrong with satellite. No, yeah, you're right. I honestly, I would have I would have taken two come tomorrows in order, like for the for the song that came next. <laughs> Are you sure oh. about that? Oh, I mean, yeah. we had to because they played "Come Tomorrow" back to back nights. Yeah, so. we did, we did have to, and we made we made the sack and we took the sacrifice. I, I, I would take that bullet every day. Yeah, we 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 bit it, and then we got the stone, baby. What I've been calling for for so long. The last time I saw it was acoustic in West Palm Beach in 2015, and just just finally, Nolan, just picture this. I lost it. Okay, I put my arms in the air. I yelled to the God above the heavens above and was praising everything. And was, it was pure elation and, and a little bit of relief as well. Just, it's like, finally, man, I mean, thank 
you, Dave. I saw him kind of toying with the um, with the riff a little bit, and I was like, no, no. And uh, I mean, as Satellite was ending, because I'm constantly thinking about the stone. I'm constantly thinking about can it be next? Like, what's going to be next? Does he have the guitar for it? And after as Satellite's ending, I'm like, he, Stone's not going to be next. I mean, Satellite's kind of a tough song for him to play on guitar, like stretching his hands wise. I was like, he's not going to go into another one that kind of stretches his hands. And I'll be damned if I was not completely wrong. I feel like I wasn't even looking at Bruce. Bruce was like above his body. It was an out of body experience. Yeah. Unfortunately, Bruce, I, I hope that you will find a happy point like that again in your life, but it may all be downhill for you. It, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm getting married here in a few months. So I, I, would I would hope, hope so. That. I imagine so. But speaking of that part, um, the end of Stone is the Elvis song, Fools Rush In, and the crowd sings along. Jeff plays a little bit of it, and my fiance Danielle may walk down the aisle to the gospel version, the Elvis gospel version of that song. So when I told her that it was coming Ooh. up at the end, she was like, are you serious? So they're going to do it because she knows that it's there, that it's there sometimes. And they do it, you know, now every time. Um, and I was like, yep. And she was like, I, I might cry. And so we shared a nice dance and sing along. Um, it was very nice. And it was a very emotional song for everyone. And I believe Brendan and Claire were videotaping us with us unknowing. And people around us were also taking note of this stuff happening and seemed very happy for us. So that was a, it was a really special moment at the show. That's for damn sure. We'll just let y'all hear some of it here um, because Jeff destroyed it. The song was perfect, by the way. I think, I don't think that they did, they missed a note Um, and Jeff never misses a note. So we're just going to let him tear this up and let you guys hear some of the stone outro here.
then the band goes into another sing-along with Every Day, uh, a crowd favorite, of course. And then the band decided to change it up here with the next song. Slated on the set list was You and Me. They call an audible with a tour debut and liberation of I'll Back You Up and Guys, I Gotta Know. What was that moment like when you realized they were playing I'll Back You Up for the first time since 2015? Shock, you know, because he kind of starts it out quietly and I could hear it and I just, you know, screamed in our normal little, oh, I think fans of the podcast know our alls by now. And if you don't like them, sorry. But if you do, well, you know, they're kind of fun. JT's been counting them. Shout out JT. I think we're at mm, 1,021. Oh, (laughs) 1,022. Uh, yeah, I think some people are trying to start a drinking game around them. And also me saying little, which um, if you want to start a drinking rank game around our podcast, by all means, go for it. You'll be hammered by the end, so you can thank us later. But seriously, I think I was the first one in our entire section to know that it was I'll Back You Up because I made a loud noise and said what it was. And people kind of stared at me and were kind of wondering why I was being loud as Dave barely strummed any notes. And it was, I thought the whole place was kind of quiet, Brendan, for the song, which was nice that they weren't being loud and talkative. They definitely were. I think people were just kind of like, oh no, what's, what, what are we, what? I have no idea. Let's just take a peek at this beautiful song. I remember thinking Sometimes we walk, sometimes we run away But I know that was beautiful i wish they'd play that more what a great call by dave um to audible out of you and me into an i'll back you up like nolan said tour debut and liberation and the last time it was played in west palm was 2000 um almost 20 years ago amazing but next song jimmy thing which is a crowd favorite and a band favorite and they decided to bring back the sexy mother fudja um, it was the first time since jazz, jazz fest that they've played this. And honestly, I was a little bit disappointed because I wanted to see the cover. I knew we were going to see Jimmy thing. 
and I wanted to see the new covers that they were doing with it. And I'd already seen, you know, uh, the sexy MF enough. And when they started that, I was like, no, they've cut the cut. What? I couldn't believe it. Nolan, what the heck? Oh, I would have been furious because I've really wanted to hear the Back in Black, Staying Alive cover, mashup, whatever you call it. So when you realize you were going to get all the covers, uh, how was it? How was Back in Black and Staying Alive in person? Oh, man. It was, uh, in a word, incredible. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the the energy from the band during during those two... um, was yeah it was it was it was uh tangible that's the word i'm looking for tangible that's a great word because it was um and i kind of fist pumped when they were going into the covers the back in black because i was like all right cool i do get to see it um can check that off the whole list or whatever and yeah the crowd was really into it it was all in all though i mean with those i guess you could call it four covers since it's back in black with a mix of staying alive and fly like an eagle sexy mf i mean all in all, it was about 18 or 20 minutes. And that was a little long for me um, at that point. Just would have liked to maybe have seen a Jimmy and a say goodbye, like a short Jimmy and then a say goodbye. But, you know, they were uh, they were feeling it. And that's okay. Um, and I've uh, actually I went to three shows this summer and did not see Jimmy thing once. Let's, let's give him a round of applause. Congratulations, Nolan. You are the only probably dmb fan that can say that um but you chose your shows wisely way to go my friend well thank you i did have to endure pensacola with you two but that's okay (laughs) i thought we had a nice time the the nicest part of uh, (laughs) the pensacola trip was the ride you know to and from and i think that you know you could probably call both of those sort of a joy ride and that's the song that they played next and i noticed that they were um that Dave played it on 12 string, which I believe he started in um, Alpharetta because he did not play Joyride on 12 string last week. Did he, Nolan? No, he did not. He was on the six string. So that's a interesting choice by Dave. Gives it that uh, more of a full sound, I guess, uh, he's been looking for. I'm glad Joyride has, has stuck around. And um, like we talked about last week, it's kind of a you know one of those political songs. And it was followed up by another political song that, uh, Brendan, we've gotten four straight shows in West Palm Beach now, and why don't, why don't you just tell the fans about it? Well, uh, it sounded great from the bathroom slash beer stand because <laughs> uh, I took my leave yeah. during Come Tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I could do without, personally. Jeff even knows nobody likes it. He made a joke about it on Instagram the other day that, oh, you guys, we added in Come Tomorrow. You're welcome. Yeah, a little, <laughs> yeah. Mm, well... We understand why it's played. Um, you know, unfortunately, the tragic events at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, uh, which is very close by to West Palm Beach, I th- I'm pretty sure led to the writing of the song Come Tomorrow. And so it's probably forever West Palm Beach's song. Um, and if that's the case, then they can they can play it all they want because it's, you know, it's just a tragic event that, you know, needs some remembering sometimes i guess and remember those that lost their lives on that terrible day and so we have to you know have a little bit of perspective with it whether we like the song or not it just kind of is what it is um but another song that we do like is she 
and it hadn't been played in quite a while this summer. Are you guys fans of this song? Brendan, are you a fan of She? I'm a big fan of this song. I'm a big fan of this song live. Yeah. Especially. Nolan? Absolutely. I love this song. I think it's one of the uh, best songs off of the Come Tomorrow album. And uh, I wish maybe try opening with it or playing it earlier in the set. It's always in this like like three-fourths of the way through the show um, slot. But yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like that weird, like dark hole area of the set list that it kind of just like nestles in kind of like a she and you and me is always kind of right there together. Um, But I like it too. And a lot of, I see a lot of chatter on the boards that people dislike the song, think it's awful. um, You know, think it's Dave trying to sound like a grunge, like a Pearl jam or just something like, I don't know. It's um, just weird stuff. And I don't, I don't really understand it. I like she, it's a nice little guitar riff. Dave sings it in an interesting way. The chorus has a, I really like the chorus. It's a nice sound to it. Um, and Tim and buddy do some good stuff on it. Now it's a, it's a fun song. So, I mean, whatever, something that, uh, I think everyone would love and will love because they're going to hear it here in a moment. Is this number 41, this late set 41 with a special guest, O'Teal Burbridge comes out onto the stage and I about lost it then too. Um, apparently it's been, that was 26 years to the day of the last time O'Teal guested with the band. So back in 93 on that day, he guested with them and we were lucky enough to see him, Brendan. And that was a pretty special performance. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Cause I, I mean, you know, if you get, you get some of the, the regulars, Warren Haynes, whoever else, but a Teal Burbridge, like what? I know. Out of um, left field. Completely out of left field. Nolan, I think you've seen him. Have you seen him with Dead & Company? I have seen O'Teal with Dead & Co. two times. Cool. Uh, once in Charlotte, once in Raleigh. Uh, he, I mean, he's phenomenal. And uh, he, he brought something different. And unique. I'm not sure I've heard a 41 sound quite like this one before. Yeah. And um, if you people out there in the listener land haven't heard this, we're going to give it to you now. And if you have heard it, well, take a listen again because it is literally that good. You can't stop listening to this. Thank you. 
glad we could relive that one. Um, the way he was just kind of singing, soloing, um, whatever you would call that. I mean, that was, it's, again, like you said, Nolan, it just, it, I don't think we've ever heard of 41 like that. And then what, what do we have next? Oh, man, I, I almost forgot. <laughs> shake me, shake oh. me right now. Yeah, um, we'll just skip over no. that. I thought that that was going to close the set, and thank God it didn't, because they saved it with a late stay or leave, which is a great placement for this song and a great another great sing along for the fans. And it would just, you know, it was just great placement. I was not expecting it, and it was beautiful. And um, another great placement. I mean, a stay closer. I know that a lot of people eye roll, and you know, it's been played a lot as a closer, obviously. But, um, you know, Dave kind of gave us a choice at first to stay or leave. And then he pretty much demanded that we stay. And then they left the stage. Um, so kind of really odd uh, dynamic there. But stay was, it was a great closer. It was a lot of energy. Um, band was on fire. Buddy singing. It was, it was just a, it was nice. And I don't typically have that much fun during a stay closer. But that one, I... I really got into uh, the fans were into it and it was pretty it was a lot of fun I love stay I think it's a great song and uh, hey it's a BTCS song so it has to be good right yep 100% yep how was cornbread different in the e1 slot oh I've, I've heard rumblings that it started differently can you confirm I can um, actually the band came out and they kind of stood there and Dave and Carter were counting something off and they kept kind of making sure they were getting it right. And, um, so yeah, there is a slightly new, not lengthy or anything start to cornbread. And, you know, instead of explaining it, let's just go ahead and play it. Yeah, that was that was kind of cool. I mean, it's real short, real quick, but it's something different. Um, you know, it's not the normal like long extended intro with Dave hitting the one note, and so you know, hopefully some people enjoyed that. And it wasn't wasn't that bad of a E1 song. It's a fun song. I'm not a big fan of the Tim solo portion of it, but Brendan, I mean, the crowd gets into it. Dave gets into it. It's pretty fun. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a funky song. You know, I mean, it's uh, again, it's got a lot of a lot of energy and. And I mean, I like cornbread. Yeah. Personally, that's like one of the the first songs that got me in a day when I started listening to the band. So. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, thank thank you, Nolan. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd still be listening to uh, to Nickelback if it weren't for Nolan. Wow. So, wow. Um, just kidding. Didn't. Just kidding. I'd rather die than listen to Nickelback. <laughs> but. From Nickelback to cornbread, nice and. Um, at least post cornbread here, we got a nice little, we got a Carter intro, just a small one. It wasn't lengthy or anything and right in the ants. Um, and that's just a great way to end a show. It was a great way to end the weekend um, with the Carter solos. You know, we kind of thought it was either going to be maybe a Halloween or an ants and they closed with ants and nice sing along. Um, I think that, uh, you know, one of the band members actually had a family member that was dancing along right in front of us. Umbrendan? 
Yeah, so apparently Buddy Strong's wife and daughter were um, right up there at the front of the stage dancing during uh, during the encore. And uh, it's cool to see because, you know, it, it, West Palm is always always the last stop of, uh, you know, that, what, second leg or whatever, the tour. So, you know, it's it's easy to forget how much, how often these guys are on the road and I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's very tough because I mean they. I mean they've been doing this for 20, 25 years. And, and Buddy, I'm. I'm not sure how long he's been going, but obviously when you're a traveling musician like that, it's. It must be tough. So. Uh, so yeah, obviously I'm, I'm sure his his little girl looks up to him a lot, and uh, you know he just he just seems to be having a lot of fun up there. Yeah, and it was it was pretty cool. Um, whether it was his wife or whoever it was, with his uh, we would assume daughter, um, Buddy right before the ants jam kind of turned towards the fans and then he caught them with his eye and they were right in front of us and made this really happy face and just like, Oh, like y'all are here. Like good. Like y'all are up here. And then anytime buddy would solo during the ants jam, his uh, daughter would like point at him or and clap and they were really into it. So that was, that was cool. It's just, you know, kind of stuff like that, that is always nice to see at a show as well. Well, it was a great way to end, the West Palm Beach weekend, and um, Brendan had a blast with you yet again. It was awesome. Nolan, we wish you could have been there, and we can't oh, wait until too. we do it again. It's a tradition. Unlike yeah. any other. Unlike. Overall, how was, how was the weekend? Were you guys happy? I know maybe last year, uh, maybe not the best shows that you've seen. What what about this year? Brendan? This one, I mean, this, this year definitely made up for it um i mean again i think i feel like night two west palm last year with them having to go back to alabama of all places probably put a can on you know put put a top on on that show but i mean it was obvious that they were going absolute all out balls to the wall night two and i mean night one was great but night two was just i mean that's they're one of the better Dave shows I've I've seen, and that was number eighteen for me. Noob. Yeah, um, it was it was a blast. The whole weekend was great. It was a much better vibe than last year. Um, the shows were better. Obviously, the set lists were better. Um, and anytime you get the stone in a weekend, you just forget about the rest, uh, pretty much. Um, no, but it was it was way better than last year. Um, I had a sort of sour taste in my mouth after last year really and night two didn't help that we were like at the top of the lawn um being um as we got there a little later than we or got inside a little later than we wanted to or should have and um this year we were in the lowers both nights and that definitely helps but the crowd just seemed a lot more into it this year um and sure they weren't the most rare shows ever or the best set lists of all time but they were just they were really solid shows the band was on fire they had they looked like they were having fun i mean they played forever um on saturday night they played till almost 11 30 because there's no real curfew there and it was it was great um can't wait to go back and i really really just want to add some shows the rest of the year. i just can't believe not going to the gorge or something um that would you know last year i was kind of almost questioning if i wanted to spend any more money on the band and this year um i'm very eager to uh go to another show so it's a big difference for me yeah and i think it's easy for like people that are on the message boards or set list watching or to gripe about a show um 
especially like at one of the big venues like West Palm Beach, uh, you kind of it has certain expectations. But the way the band is clicking right now, I mean, they they're firing on all cylinders, and the energy they bring, uh, man, they've been they've been playing great right now. Yeah, I agree, and um, I've been or we've all been guilty of that before seeing shows on paper and not listening to them, not being there, not having the vibe and, you know, complaining about it. And so it is what it is and we understand it, but this weekend was pretty damn awesome. And I haven't heard anyone that was there that did not have a great time so far and was not, you know, pretty much overly pleased. So except for the woman in front of us night one that puked in her seat. I don't think, (laughs) I don't think she was having the best time. Probably not. You know what? I don't think you deserve to be in those seats if you're going to puke. I mean, those are, those are pretty good. Our group had a great time, um, and we all hope to do it together again soon with uh, the addition of Nolan and his wife, Danielle, oh. and Baby Jude, and by the Baby way. Baby Jude. Baby Jude oh, needs yes. to come down to uh, West Palm. Um, and then maybe Absolutely. Dave will play Hey Jude. Oh. Oh. I've been wanting that. For literally ever. <laughs> well, we'll see what we'll see what we can do. But another successful West Palm weekend. And before we move on to our segment in DMB history, here's a little preview. Thank you, Mr. Leroy Moore. That was beautiful as always. And for this week in DMV history, we're going to do something a little different. Nolan, why don't you tell the people what we thought of for this week? Little bit of a variation on this week in DMV history. We're going to be doing this venue in DMV history where we highlight some of the key moments from West Palm Beach over the years. Uh, we're going to take you on a tour of kind of what's what's happened of note at West Palm Beach and our experiences at West Palm Beach over the years so yeah that first one was courtesy of Leroy Moore a Roy solo to open the 826 98 show oh my a Roy opener oh yeah when I saw that I knew we had to play it pure Leroy which is what a beautiful way to start a show and that's pretty cool back in 98 and um this is another one of those uh, Herbie Hancock guest appearances. I think we had um, some of that from the Charlotte Tailgate episode, the little bonus episode. If you haven't listened to that one, check it out. It's pretty cool. We had a nice little conversation with with uh, a good friend, Rob. Um, but yeah, solid show there in 98. And then we move um, up to 2002, which was the summer tour opening shows. And Nolan, one of our favorite songs, or you know, maybe not top 25 or anything, but a song that we really like made its debut here. Yeah, Loving Wings on July 5th, 2002. It is the only song to have ever debuted in West Palm Beach. So It's pretty cool. As we go through these highlights, like I said, West Palm has gotten a little bit of everything uh, over the years, and rightfully so. It's a great venue. Oh, yeah. And why don't you tell the people what happened in 2005, because I just can't talk about it. It's a little song called number 34. Mm. Ugh. 
So when you were you were clamoring for it the other night with it being uh, the 34th show at West Palm Beach, I saw this and thought, hmm, <laughs> that might be a little greedy to ask for another 34 at West Palm. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, solid point. I was hoping that um, I was hoping for it, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, and the next year actually had something cool for night two, which was on uh, August twelfth, two thousand six. Um, and that show was famously or infamously, whatever, um, streamed on AOLmusic.com. Remember that website? Wow. Um, <laughs> and Robot. I remember, I remember actually watching this on. Um, Probably parents dial up internet. I'm not sure. Um, on my nice GDS computer, and <laughs> Dave's voice was horrible. It was just shot. Um, I think in the crew notes, they even talk about Dave asking the crowd to kind of help him uh, try to sing because he just, it was just gone. And I mean, when you have a gone voice, what are you going to do in the outro but scream on American Baby intro, right? And the encore, excuse me. And that's probably why his voice was gone from playing it previously. I don't know oh, how yeah. he ever sang that song. I know. It's freaking crazy. But, anyways, the next year, uh, September 14th, 2007, we get a Live Tracks release out of this one. Live Tracks 42. Pretty solid show. And. Believe they got a sweet up and down when that was kind of making a comeback mm-hmm. there in the mid to late 2000s. It is the only full 2007 show that has seen a live release, which we're jealous of because that Charlotte 07 show we kind of thought could be in the mix for one of those. But yeah, this one's solid. Yeah, it is. And I just noticed this because I'm reading the almanac. Um, the leading song spread, like the album or in this case non-album songs for this show was five unreleased songs were played at this show and um that includes uh one of our favorites shotgun um which is pretty cool oh. i know i know but nolan before we get into um some of the shows that we have seen i think there were a couple things from 2010 that we wanted to talk about yeah we mentioned liberations earlier in the show with the all back you up liberation this past weekend but in 2010, there were three liberations over the two wow. nights. July 30th, Good Good Time was played, uh, and that was played without a capo, so it sounds pretty unique. So yeah, I think maybe the first time that was played without a capo, so definitely a unique sound for that. And then night two, Last Stop and Cortez the Killer liberations. Ooh. Wow. Wow. West Palm. Wow. Coming in strong for a couple of years. I mean, geez, they had a stone opener that night, too. I mean, that is, that's really cool. Um, some people seem to think that that Cortez is the best ever. Now, I mean, you know, there's some strong versions out there with Central Park and then last year at MSG, but a lot of people contend that this is one of the best as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then, honestly, um, everybody, like, we wanted to get right into some of the shows that we've been to. And Nolan here started way, way back in uh, old 2008. Oh. Um, and we didn't start going, or my fiance and I didn't start going into 2015. So we're going to start with Nolan. I'm just going to let you take it. 2008 West Palm, um, July 11th and 12th, 2008. Go, man. Tell us what was up. Well, the first thing 
that I remember that I was excited about was that Gomez opened both of these shows. And mm-hmm. if you don't know Gomez, you need to check them out. They're kind of not, uh, kind of split up and are doing their own solo projects right now. But Gomez, the band, uh, they are a delight and probably a top three opener that I've seen for DMB over the years. Wow. Thrown in with the Avett Brothers and, of course, the Black Eyed Peas. Duh. <laughs> it was a fun weekend. Shorter sets um, over the two nights, but some some really cool stuff. Um, night one, we had a, a stay tour debut as well as a drive-in, drive-out debut. And pretty cool version. I think... Uh, think we should play some of this tim has some nice fills and and dave gets really into it and uh some nice dave wailing so let's check it out Man, I wish they would have played that some this year. Maybe West Coast will get it. I don't know. But that was awesome. That was a great choice. Um, I get. Tell us about night two. Yeah, so night two, the first half of the show is incredibly strong. And there are actually some crazy stats from this one. According to the Almanac, which we love, uh, this is the first regular full band show at which Cornbread has not been played since its debut a year previously. What? It was played Cornbread was played at every DMB show since its debut. Um it falls just about a month short of being an entire year. So wow. that is wild. Um it is also the first full band show with no repeats from the previous night since September two thousand six. Starts out with Don't Drink the Water and then Dreaming Tree into One Sweet World. And uh, we actually need to mention something about Dreaming Tree from this past weekend, don't we, Bruce? Yep. Unfortunately, um, it was apparently Scratch Night 2. You can see there's a handwritten set list out there that has um, some nice Sharpie marks all over the middle of it. And what is it covering up? None other than the Dreaming Tree. It was replaced with um, 41 with Oteal Burbridge. So we can't be, you know, 
too greedy here. But it's kind of interesting that it was there. Uh, you can clearly see tree there at the end. And it's it's the longest written out thing on the set. It's the Dreaming Tree, folks. They were planning on playing it. And I guess then O'Teal showed up and they were like, all right, let's do something else. And that's okay. Um, but it would have been freaking awesome to have seen my second full band Dreaming Tree. Oh, I can't even imagine O'Teal on Dreaming Tree. That Him on that would have been incredible. <laughs> I know. Gosh, man, what if they would have done that? Oh, Ugh. anyways, just move on because I'm going to get depressed. <laughs> we have a liberation in this show as well with Help Myself making a return. Damn, that's another one I wish they would have played some this year. Yeah, it hadn't been played since 2005 and the first time at a DMB show since 2004. So that went on a pretty long hiatus there and it sounded pretty good. Um, there are a few moments here where, well, I, like, Going back and re-listening to it, I was like, oh, Boyd. And uh, then Boyd kind of goes on and does Boyd things and seemingly throws off the band for about for the last verse. And <laughs> they recover. <laughs> but um, here's let's, let's just play one of the better parts of this song. Do it. stuff from uh from boyd right there would love to see help myself back in the rotation here's another song that we talked about a few weeks ago one of their best covers that they have ever done money and money goes into money that's what i want they only did that a few times on this tour but uh wow i was floored when they were doing it i huge beatles fan and obviously money that's what i want made popular by them. Um, but let's play this transition where uh, Dave and Tim are doing some interesting things on the outro to money.
Oh, man, that is so cool. I mean, I've seen Money once, wish they played again. Never seen Money, that's what I want, would love to. Um, I mean, it's just a short little song, like, play it, what are you doing? And <laughs> um, another short, cool song is Pay For What You Get right here. Um, and you, I think that was, was that your one and only pay for? Incorrect. Ooh. No, oh, I actually saw it in day. 2006. Um Ooh. But Dave's voice was fairly shot for that, and he, he could not really do the outro. Um, but this version is pretty spot on, um, complete with Norwegian wood lyrics by Dave in the outro. So I guess he had the Beatles on the mind um, oh boy. during this show. And uh, good stuff from Rashawn on the muted trumpet. And then next, we're not going to play this next song, although I want to. We're going to save it, but this is my all-time favorite version of crush what jeff tim and carter do at the end of this especially carter i remember watching it and just being like carter is not gonna stop playing and how (laughs) is he doing this what in the world so we're in the off season when the tour is over we are going to do an episode about our top five uh performances we might have to go top 10 i don't know but this will be included on that for sure. So stay tuned. It was a great time at West Palm that weekend. And uh, now we need to go into your first time at West Palm, Bruce, back in 2015. Yeah, can't believe it was uh, four years ago. And, oh, man, it was the acoustic set year. This was the second year of the acoustic set. So I you know, was pretty familiar with them and still got a lot of new stuff in the acoustic set um you know the first night dave comes out and plays wider shade of pale um dave solo opener and i think he commented about how he was gonna mess it up and he messed it up a little bit that's okay and after the song there was some hilarious dave speak um and no need to introduce any dave speak let's just let you hear it did you all hear that dude screaming through that whole thing I think he must like the sound of his voice. I, I thought it sounded like shit, but, um, and I bet the person that's next to him thinks he's a goddamn fool. Man, the show hasn't even started and you already drank too much beer. Well, if, you, if you're lucky, he'll be passed out before halftime. He just wants to get on the tape. He loves me for my body, not for my music. That's the kind of man he is. Wow, we all know those guys at the concert. Um, sometimes I may be that guy, but uh, to get called out by Dave, oof. Um, well, and they played Grace Is Gone acoustic as well, which is uh, a song you still haven't seen full band, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just not fair. And Thanks for bringing it up again. Jeez. I know. And right after that was uh, The Stone acoustic which was actually the last time that i'd seen the stone until this past weekend so um west palm beach stone acoustic and electric i have now completed the um the not trifecta but double fecta oh <laughs> and a um another oh moment was um captain acoustic which is really i was not expecting was pretty cool um and we're just going to play the opening little bit of it so that everyone can get a feel for how cool the acoustic music was. And it's really just how nice it sounds. Um, you can get some Tim fills, how the horns sound, and let's just play it. I mean, it's it's just so nice. I miss that sound, honestly. Well, 
Well, I'm jealous because you've now seen two different captains, and I've seen zero captains. And it's been interesting looking through all these sets, um, some of the songs that don't typically get played a lot, but then get played at West Palm. And, uh, you know, seems like Pay For What You Get, Captain, Cry Freedom, and also The Stone um, get a lot of play at West Palm. Also, Come Tomorrow, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, can't forget that one. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, and last stop, that, yeah, yeah, which we'll get to in a minute. Ooh, can't wait. And this song, which is Two Step, um, and Two Step in the acoustic set was unbelievably good, and so good that let's relive the outro because it was just a blast. So we're just gonna play a few seconds of that here right now. If you're counting at home, I believe that is three two steps that you've heard on the podcast in this episode. So, hope you're a fan of two step because we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who wouldn't be? And who wouldn't be a fan of a crush opener right here for the electric set? And then Mr. Branford Marsalis comes on later on in the set for Death on the High Seas. Typical situation. What would you say? Cry freedom and Jimmy thing. Um, wow. He was, he's incredible, and um, I, it was hard to choose something to play from his, so we're just going to play a few uh, notes from him from this Cry Freedom right here. beautiful i missed that song too um and then we move on to night two which opened with a dave solo long black veil johnny cash cover really cool 
Um, and Nolan, you were talking about pay for what you get. And here it is in the acoustic set, uh, mid acoustic set, just boom, little pay for. I think Dave kind of botched the intro, but the rest of the song was great. Um, it's another song that I wish that, you know, they'd play again. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier, but didn't play it. So now let's let's play a little bit of pay for what you get. That is the only pay for that I've had and um, really hope to see it again. Uh, these acoustic sets were just pretty cool. I mean, best of what's around a little later. Liner Graves was right after pay for what you get, but then you get best of what's around. Loving Wings Closer, which was a tour debut. Um, pretty cool. And um, pretty solid set. Nothing too crazy. And an encore of Liner Graves Reprise into Pantala Nagapampa, into Rapunzel, into Halloween, which is... That was a huge surprise, I thought, and a great way to end the show. I believe uh, one of the guys, Rich, on the Tailgate Talks actually speaks about this moment being his favorite at West Palm, uh, which is pretty cool. So what a way to end that weekend, and what a way to transition into our first West Palm weekend together, which included um, Danielle, my fiance, and Brendan, who you heard on the pod. Nolan, this was a great year. It was, and also going to shout out uh, our college roommate, Adam, for being there mm-hmm. with us. We had a great oh, yeah. time wearing our hats. <laughs> there were some all-time highlights this weekend. Uh, although the sets, the flow was a little weird, uh, we did get the last stop, night one, and it was not truncated. Mm. Mm. And we've sorely been missing that lately, so we're going to play you the outro and reprise, and it is Phenomenal.
man. Missed that so badly. Pretty solid in tonight one. You've got recently, you got Minarets, 41, Say Goodbye. I mean, some pretty cool stuff there. Um, but overall, pretty solid show. That was actually my 40th show. And my 41st show, we did not get 41, but we did get a pig, which was... Um, Pretty cool, and a pretty solid uh, closing run there, Nolan. Oh, yeah, and this is an all-time run to close a show that I've ever been to, and probably that most people have ever been to. We go best of what's around, typical situation, Ant's main set closer with an encore of two-step into Halloween. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. That, um, I think I remember being a little bit like, man, they're not, just not doing much crazy here like come on guys and then i was like oh okay Th that end wow all right never mind <laughs> i'm sorry i doubted you yeah yeah <laughs> they were like oh yeah you were doubting us yeah you see you ya. Wanna, how about stand up there you dumbass if you sit down there and where are you going in gravedigger <laughs> mm. sad sad but true and that you know that was that was one of our favorite west palm weekends and it was just a blast to be at and share it with uh you know brendan and adam and you as well and it was and shout out andrew as well and um yeah i think we had some good times post show as well uh, we will not get into that on this podcast but um moving on always to the a good time, time at west palm oh yeah and maybe not so much in 2018 which we will not really highlight much at all but um, did want to talk about one piece of music that was pretty good from the weekend and that was the outro to bartender um, Nolan, this was my first real, you know, introduction to Buddy Strong and it was, uh, well, him and Tim here, it was, it was strong. Buddy Strong was strong at the end of Bartender. Interesting. All right, let's roll the tape and this will finish up our segment, this venue in DMV history.
a lot of fun. I think we'll have to do that again with uh, a bunch of other venues um, upcoming here soon, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how this one goes. Um, but just before we get on out of here, we had a breaking news alert in the middle of the show, and we just kind of wanted to fill you in on the details. Um, and that was about the upcoming live tracks, live tracks 48 and 49. Both shows are Dave and Tim shows. Um, live tracks 48 from the Birchmere um, 825-94, and that was uh, up in Alexandria, Virginia. And then we get the show from CMAC from this past year, which I believe does not have a uh, tape released yet. So that's pretty cool. Um, and they're available on September 13th. But um, they've got some nice bundles, uh, some T-shirts and posters and stuff like that up there. So go ahead and check that out and uh, pre-order now. Yeah, that's exciting. We love Dave and Tim releases. So I wonder what uh, what they'll do for Live Tracks 50. Can't believe they're already closing in on the 50th take on that. Um, mm. hmm. we, we might have some ideas of what that might be. But anyways, uh, the tour resumes in about a month. Well, less than a month uh, on August 23rd, but we'll be back with some shorter episodes and some This Week in DMB history for you during the break, so be sure to tune in next week as well. Uh, they come back with a two-night stand at Fiddler's Green Amphitheater in Inglewood, Colorado, then make a pit stop in Utah on the 27th before making their way to the Gorge for that mm. Labor Dave weekend, three nights of pure bliss that we wish we were going to, but another time, another time, and that's going to wrap things up for us this week. Bruce, take it from here. Will do, gladly. Thank you guys for listening, and if you haven't yet, please subscribe to us, um, Apple Podcasts, and um, anywhere you get your podcasts, please subscribe. And if you want to interact with us on social media, which we are having a blast doing, make sure you follow us on Instagram, at Pod. Twitter at Gray Street Pod, and you can find us on Facebook. And again, please subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. There's a bunch of different apps, and we're even discovering new ones. Um, so please, five stars if you can. Um, and we appreciate all of you. It was great meeting a lot of you last week in West Palm. Um, Nolan and I was have talked about how great it was meeting y'all in Charlotte, and hopefully we can continue to do so and you know continue to spread the word. We really, really appreciate it. And um, the band's on a break, but we're not going to take a break. And we will see you next week on The Corner of Gray Street. <laughs>